morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? may be seated and it's still a certain season where we can greet each other um, I'm trying to think of the words what's the words anybody know what they are Merry okay let's do it together Merry Christmas think about it right this event that we celebrated yes on Christmas Eve but we celebrate every day it changed the course of human history it was the promise from long ago that was fulfilled in this baby born on that Christmas Eve about 2,000 years ago. 
but he is still to be born in our hearts today. That's why we keep celebrating, we keep rejoicing. God is so good. Well, and I want to welcome everyone here. Glad that you're with us in worship, whether uh, in the house or online. Uh, what a joy to worship together this Christ child. And for our guests, glad you're with us. Uh, we invite you to come on back. Uh, we do want to get to know you, so you can stop at Next Steps. Or if you want to know some other ways of, you know, letting us know, there are some cards that are in the chair backs in front of you. And it's going to talk about, if you're a guest, how do you let us know you're here? We'd love to get to meet you. Uh, if you have a prayer that you would like included in worship, it will tell you how to do that. If you would like to take communion, this card will walk you through, you know, what do we believe as a church? Is that what your belief is? And how do you do it if you do? So it's really going to help you with a lot of those little things. So please, if you would, take a look at those cards if you have any questions about any of those things. A uh, couple quick announcements. This Wednesday, we're going to gather together at 5 o'clock to start putting away some of the Christmas things. I know that's kind of a sad part, but it's just part of what, what we do with the rhythm. So if you have some time available, many hands make light work. It is something my mom told me a long time ago. So if you are available around 5 o'clock, please come. 5.30, we're going to have pizza here. So if that will bribe you, um, we'll have pizza. And then we'll just keep doing that until it's all done. So if you're, you're available, we'd love to have you again 5 o'clock this Wednesday. Uh, also, 2022, start thinking. It is we are to be better together. We are to be better together. The concept that God had at the very beginning of time. So take a look at this video clip. So next Sunday starts our new sermon series, and we're going to talk about what, is, what does it mean to be better together, what does that look like, what are the blessings of it, and we're going to go for about a month, so just if you would, come on every week and let's learn what this means, and also let's start putting that into practice, all right? Uh, what else? I'm trying to think what else. Joy baskets. Joy baskets. As we think about the greatest gift ever, which is the birth and the gift of Jesus. Uh, we, we get to respond to that in so many different ways. Uh, I heard it when we sang our first song, and we're going to have some more songs. So that's one way to say, thank you, Jesus, for your love for us, so we could sing. Our lives can be a reflection of our thanksgiving for what God has done for us. And even when we give up our tithes and offerings, that's just one another way in which we could say, Lord, you have blessed us. I want to just say thank you. So as we continue in our worship, I'd like to offer up a prayer that God would just work within all of our hearts to be thankful always. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we thank you again for this Christmas season. As we think about all that has come to this earth because of Jesus, because of all that he did, he has brought forgiveness of sins and life with you. And Lord, may we say thank you as we sing our songs, as we pray our prayers, as we live our lives, as we give of our offerings and tithes, this is just another way to say thank you. So Lord, may you be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Boys and girls, come on up for the kids' message. Make your way on up here to the front. Find a seat on the floor. I have something for you today. All right, come on up. We are getting to the point in the story of the Christmas story where the wise men come and bring gifts to baby Jesus. So I thought I would bring some M&Ms to share. M&Ms are really good, aren't they? Yeah, they come in different flavors. Here we have peanut, peanut butter, milk chocolate, caramel. My favorite is not in here. Coffee-flavored M&Ms. Have you had those? No. They do make coffee-flavored M&Ms. You have to really hunt for them, but they are good. Coffee and chocolate in a little candy shell. That's good. But anyways, a cool thing about M&Ms is that they help us tell the story of the wise men visiting. So I want to show. Let's see. Let me show you the M. That M doesn't show up very good. I'll have to find a different one. Let's see. How about this one? Does the M show up on this one? Oh, yeah. That one shows up. Okay. So you see the M, right? Well, the M reminds us that when Jesus was born, they laid him in a manger, right, that first night. But if we turn the M upside down, what letter does it become? W. A W. Yes, because wise men came to visit Jesus. And do you know where the wise men came from? If we turn it another direction, let me make sure I turn it the right direction. There we go. Now it looks like an E. Yeah, the wise men came from the east. To visit Jesus. And they came to bring in gifts, didn't they? Do you know how many gifts they brought Jesus? Three. That's right. If we turn it the other way, it says a three. The wise men brought Jesus three gifts. And the gifts were what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's right. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the three gifts that the wise men brought Jesus. If we turn it back upside down to the W, it reminds us that they did that because they came to worship Jesus, the King of Kings. So here were these wise men or these kings, these rich and powerful guys who came, and they came to worship tiny little baby Jesus because they knew that he was the King of the Kings, King of all kings, and the Savior of the world. That's pretty awesome. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus 
you are our king. And we thank you for your love that you give to us and lasts forever. Amen. All right, boys and girls, make sure you take some M&Ms back with you. Ask your parents if you can eat them before you eat them. All right. And as you enjoy them, think about the story of Christmas and the wise men come. And you can share them with other people, too, and share the story with others. Thanks for coming. The first Noel the angels did say was to certain poor shepherds in the fields as they Yeah, 2,000 years ago, 
God was looking down on this earth and I mean, he looked at humanity and the need that was there was that people like you and me, uh, we had sin. And that sin was going to separate us from God forever. So he decided to do what only he could do, send his only son, and his only son would suffer and die and rise again for the sins of the world. So as we prepare now for Holy Communion, uh, we're encouraged in the Bible to examine ourselves, which just means get honest with God and with each other about our sin and need for forgiveness. So let me take you on a journey of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and in our lives we admit, we confess that sin is so great, and that sin separates us from you. But we also want to say thank you, that you saw that and you, you did something about it. You sent your only son to come to this earth, born as a babe in Bethlehem, but then grew up and lived a perfect life, and then to give his life as a sacrifice for the payment for sin. And we thank you that his payment, his death, and his resurrection means that we have forgiveness and life with you forever. So grant us the faith to believe this good news and also grant us the faith to receive this good news in this precious meal called the Lord's Supper. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you, this to in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we now continue with the distribution of the Lord's Supper, if you have those individual units, feel free during the next song to receive those elements in faith, believing that Jesus is present and that there is forgiveness in him. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, again, during this song, come forward as the Spirit moves you. Uh, if you desire to have gluten-free bread, let us know. And also, if you would prefer to have juice, let us know that as well. Um, and be reminded, be reminded and assured, these are God's gifts for God's people. Amen. clear night many many years ago two weary strangers moving slow looking for a place to stay but there was no place though they traveled many miles so Mary being great with child lay down on the sweet smelling hay Special star shone bright, and three wise men from a foreign land come to worship him that night. In the clear night, you could hear the angels sing the praises to the newborn King. Jesus is the light of the shepherds though they had their flocks to tend 
journeyed into Bethlehem to behold the Holy One. Then the boy grew up to be a man, come to set the captives free, come to heal the sick, raise the dead, and help Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life and for ministry. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we lift up our prayers to you this morning from our 1C family. Father, be with Nancy in the hospital. Give her peace, strength, and healing, Jesus. Help her recover and shower Jim and Nancy in your love and comfort. Please watch over our friend Jody and give her strength and courage in her battle with cancer. And Father, we thank you for yesterday and all your love, and we pray for peace in the world. Gracious God, as we enter a new year, we have prayers of healing and peace. As we celebrate the ultimate gift of your birth, be powerful in our lives this year, Lord. We place our trust in you. And we pray the prayer that you taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Searching high and low, traveling afar to see this little one, sparing no expense until they found the one. can't unsee that. <laughs> the year was 1984. Some of you weren't even around or thought about. But let me tell you, my daughter, my oldest daughter, which makes me feel really old, uh, she was 13 months old. And her grandmother 
who is now up in heaven. She was the giver of like the extraordinary gift. And the hot gift back in 1984 was the cricket doll. Anybody remember the cricket doll? I'm so sorry. My condolences for some of you. Um, I remember when um, I sent it to uh, Joe, and I said, Joe, can you put it into the service? He watched it because you got to watch it when you're going to do what you're going to do. And he says, boy, that's creepy. That, that doll is creepy. Yes, it is. And it's old. How many of you know what a cassette is? Yeah, you must be over a certain age. That's all I got to say. I won't say what age. I know what, I know what a cassette is. I know what a beta is, right? So my mom spared no expense. She traveled afar. She, she would go to department store after department store after department store day and night. And I even think that there was money exchanged under the table with some manager at some department store to tell her when the truck is coming so that she could get that cricket doll for my daughter, Rose. And I'm not sure if I'm thankful. My daughter turned out okay after having something like that. But do you know anybody, and you don't have to say yourself, but do you know anybody that has gone through a lot of time and energy and focus to get some kind of gift to give to somebody? How many of you have ever experienced that? And maybe it's you. You know, last year, it was the Nintendo Switch. And I looked, I mean, I'm just like, I learned from my mom. I, you know, I looked in the mirror and said, I'm just like her. I mean, I looked all over the place to get a Nintendo Switch. Finally, I found one that I can give to my grandkids. I think it's much better than a cricket doll, in my view. Um, there is something ridiculous at times about that. It is also heartwarming. It is really great. But think about the world we live in and how much time and energy and focus and money and all this stuff for the temporal, which means it has a shelf life. We no longer have the cricket doll. It's long gone. And thank you, Jesus, right? But, uh, but think about how the world today will still focus long and hard on things that will just last about this long. So today we're going to continue our series in the carols. Last week, and then we kind of put the Christmas carols behind us a little bit. But think about where we've been. All right? O come, O come, Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel is one of the names for God, which means God with us. And in that Christmas carol or Advent hymn, we really were praying, O, o come, God be with us, because we know we desperately need him. Then we had O Holy Night. And remember, it was a non-Christian, a troublemaker in the town, who a priest went to and said, hey, would you write a poem, a something about the Luke chapter 2? And so he did. And then we get this, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. I mean, just a beautiful hymn, song, written by somebody that wasn't a Christian. And then we had, oh, come all ye faithful, and if you um, got the whole context, um, that that hymn and Christmas carol presupposes that the person is a Christian. Because before Christ, the song really would be, O come all ye faithless. Because that's who we are because of sin. But because of Christ, we could be faithful and then live our lives to the glory of God. Um, and then, I'm trying, I'm just, oh, away in the manger. I mean, we had all these beautiful hymns that we had and then on Christmas Eve, Mary, did you know? And my challenge for all of us is, let's put our name in there. Because that, that knowledge of Jesus and who he is and what he has done is a matter of life and death. It is a matter of eternity. And it's really important that we know him. And now we get to this, we three kings of Orientar. Now, let me either burst your bubble or remind you a couple things about that Christmas carol. Number one. We don't know how many wise men there were. We sing we three kings, but we don't know. It could have been three. It could have been two. It could have been 20. We don't know the number, but we do know how many gifts were given. And we talked about that in the kids' message, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We don't even know where they came from. We know that, well, they came from the east, so it could be Persia, it could be India, it could be China, who knows where, but they traveled a long distance 
to and followed a star to see this Christ child. And um, pretty remarkable, we don't know much about the star either, other than it led the wise men. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Why was it recorded that only the wise men saw the star? How can the people in Jerusalem that was just six, maybe seven, eight miles away from Bethlehem, why didn't they see the star? God will show what he wants us to, to see. So the wise men traveled. They followed a star. They came upon the Christ child. And for those of you that have nativity scenes like I do, it's a little incorrect. You should probably keep the wise men out of there on Christmas Eve because they weren't there yet. The shepherds were Angel, Mary Joseph, Jesus. I think that's all legit. But the wise men came later. We don't know exactly how much later, but we do get a little glimpse in the account that we're going to read in, in just a moment that they came to a house. They didn't go to an inn. So something changed, and there was a little time with that. So with that background in front of you, let me now take, take you on a journey of Matthew chapter 2. And this is the story of the Magi visit the Messiah. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. God's word for us. All right, we're going to take a, a look at the wise men. I'm going to give you the end result. What they did, I would like for us to do. Okay? Now, it may not mean traveling a thousand miles. Who knows how far they traveled? Um, but it does mean traveling. And it does mean traveling to a place that maybe, just maybe, is the first time we've ever done it is welcoming and seeing Jesus and having him right here. So listen, if you would, to three very important principles that the wise men demonstrated that if we do, I think great things would happen. The first thing is that they did was they sought the truth. And we go to Matthew 2, the first two verses we heard already after Jesus' birth. Wise men from the east arrive in Jerusalem asking, where is the child born to be king of the Jews? We observed his star rising and have come to worship him. Now the magi, wise men, historically, you know, there's a lot of question mark about who they were, but we do know that they were educated people. They knew a lot of things. So they've studied. I mean, rumor has it like their library would be very significant because they've studied lots of things. Some will say they were astrologers or astro astronomers, we don't really know exactly what it meant, but we do know that they were learned. So they, they read lots of things. But amazing, as smart as they are, as brilliant as maybe they were, they knew that there was something in their life that they were missing, some truth that they had not encountered yet. And they were willing to travel a long distance. Second, they experienced the joy. And when they saw the star, 
they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And if you would leave that up there for a second. Um, do, you, do you see what's going on here? This is an overstatement that doesn't even capture the full extent of what's going on. So let me say it again so you can, because it was a complicated sentence. This is an overstatement. It's trying to capture something that we can't even capture with our own words. If you look at those words, it says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. It's like they're saying it three times for an emphasis. Something about what they saw and something about who they're going to experience was something different than they've ever had before. And they had rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Something changed in them. My guess, as magi, as people who have traveled, he's, these people probably have traveled in other directions for other things, but there's something about what's happening here that is giving them a joy that is unmatched. In fact, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Big emphasis on something that they're experiencing that is totally different. And then thirdly, they recognized the gift. Verse 11, when they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you picture these wise men, the magi, um, I joke about it. You know, how many of you were ever in a children's Christmas program around the Christmas time? How many of you have done that? All right. There are certain characters that are probably a little bit more like you'd want to be, right? You could be a shepherd and just put on a sheet and something over your, oops, sorry, something over your head and you could, did I knock it up? Okay, it's still there, sorry. Um, you, you could be a shepherd. You could be a donkey. That would be kind of cool. You could play Mary or Joseph. But what about those wise men, right? They get to wear the cool, you know, clothes and some kind of big turban over the head and walk in like you're something else, right? Think about that. These people who are something else. People who normally have people come to them and maybe bow down to them or acknowledge them as being smart or whatever. Now we have this different kind of moment, this different kind of situation where these stately individuals are coming to a king that is a little different than any king they've met before. And what was their response? It says that they bowed down and worshipped him. When you bow down, you're actually acknowledging that somebody in your presence is greater than yourself. So they were recognizing this gift that was in front of them. And their response? Then they gave. They responded. They gave gold and frankincense and myrrh, and we can get into that, but I'm not going to today. But they're very significant gifts in response to the greatest gift that they have ever seen or they've ever experienced. So now let's take that journey, and I'm going to put it on you and me. The first thing, how many of us seek the truth? We are bombarded in the world today with lots of truth. There was even a moment when uh, Kristen is dealing with some health issues and somebody that we were meeting with that we trusted greatly said, said this to her. What's your truth? Because that's what matters. And they were trying to minimize, in essence, that we believe that the one truth is God's word and what he says goes versus well, whatever truth is in the world that you want to pick up and kind of have part of your life, that's cool with you, whatever truth you want. And it's almost called relativism, which means what is your truth is good for you, what is my truth is good for me, and let's just live life and get along and tolerate. But I'm going to tell you that is not the way it works. 
There is truth, and then there is truth. Some people back in 1984 thought that this doll was really cool, and for them, the truth was that was cool. Maybe at that time I thought it was okay because it was cool, but, you know, so you can have your opinion, I can have my opinion. But when it comes to what's going to make a difference for eternity is one specific truth that has been communicated to this world. We have a Bible. We have this truth written out for us from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And I want to encourage you as we go into 2022, seek the truth more than you've ever sought it before. Let me repeat that. Seek the truth more than you've ever done before. Because I believe we have so much bombarding us that says it's truth, we need to be able to calibrate and understand what is truth and what isn't. So open up the scriptures. Learn from God's word. Let that be your foundation for who you are and also for when you make, take your next step. Know what the truth of God's word says. So whether it is of God and it is righteous or unrighteous. So seek the truth. Second one. Experience the joy. A friend of mine says it this way. Happiness is based on happenings. What does that mean? So example, in 1984, there was a, a sense of happiness when my daughter Rose opened up the gift and it was this doll that's going to talk and look kind of weird. But she was happy. But you know what happened after a while? The batteries would run out. And maybe it was happiness for us, but it wasn't happiness for her. So when we put our happiness based on life circumstance, it looks like this. And no wonder we get tired and no wonder we get a little sick to our stomach. Instead, joy comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. So experience the joy. The joy of knowing that he loves you. The joy in knowing that he's got a place for you in heaven. The joy knowing that as you live life now, he's going to be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Hold on to that because that is eternal. And the rest of life isn't. Physically, we might have some troubles or trials. Financially, we might not have enough money sometimes. Or maybe relationships are a little bit more complicated than we would like. I get that. But when we have Jesus as the joy for our life, it is constant and immovable. The scriptures say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. So may God give us the faith to keep Jesus as our joy. And then the third one. I have recognized the gift. I would also like to say celebrate the gift. So recognize and then celebrate. Pray, Lord, give me the eyes of faith that will see you in this time right now. And may I then celebrate that gift in who I am and what I do. And that could be celebrated and recognized in marriages, in parenting, in the workplace, at school, with our neighbors, out in the world, as we go shop and do our thing, even with our enemies, we could recognize the gift and celebrate the gift as we live our life. I want to share with you Proverbs chapter 8. Words of wisdom. It says this, I love those who love me. This is God speaking. And those who diligently seek me will find me. And that's just not spoken for those wise men about 2,000 years ago. That's for people like you and me. God takes great delight when we love him. He also says this, and those who diligently seek me will find me. And here's where I love the story part. The wise men, it would have been a total waste of their time if Christ wasn't there for them to see. So the truth is, God made the first step. He put flesh on, came down to this earth, and lived amongst us and, and, and here he was as a babe. 
and the wise men come. So even today, when we come to him, and we love him, and we diligently seek him, we're going to find him, because he wants to be seen. He wants to be... Now, so we have those three things, right? Three very important. Seek the truth. Experience the joy and recognize and celebrate the gift. And then here's my word of advice. Repeat. Until Jesus comes again. Keep doing it. Keep on keeping on. It's not a one and done. It is when you wake up in the morning, ponder these things. Let the truth be the truth. The joy be the joy. And the gift be your focus and power. And just keep doing it. And keep doing it. And watch how faithful he is to the very end of age. Amen? All right. Now we're going to do something, and I'm, before you stand, the Apostles' Creed. We say it, and I'll admit myself, sometimes I, I go into this autopilot mode, and I'm not really thinking what I'm saying. I want you to think about what you're going to profess out loud. The creed, the Apostles' Creed is divided into what they call three articles. One, two, and three. The first one talks about God the Father and who he is and what he's done. The second one talks about who Jesus is. What did he do? And then the third one talks about the Holy Spirit. Especially if you would, today, in light of Christmas, focus in on that second article. Who is Jesus? What did he do? And what does it mean for us today? So I'd like to invite you to stand, and we are going to profess together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing of the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Let there be peace. Peace to every nation. Let there be hope. For all the world to see. And let there be Joy to all the children, let there be peace on earth for you and me.
great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.